Up next on NHL Fantasy on Ice, Rob and Pete work their way through the loaded Tuesday slate with a little help from a friend. Is it time to cut the cord on underperformers? Or, as the Japanese say, is practicing patience the way to go? It's the Tuesday edition. How's it going, everybody? Jensen and Reese here with you on this Tuesday morning, November 5th, talking DFS and season-long fantasy for this loaded Tuesday slate, Rob. Loaded Tuesday slate, and JT is back for the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. That's exciting. I mean, the Maple Leafs, it's funny. I went on Sportsnet 590, the fan, this morning. The first thing they asked me was about the Islanders' success, and then the second thing they asked me was about uh, the Maple Leafs comments or the comments regarding the Maple Leafs from two of the superstars around the league, Ovechkin and Dowdy. And you just think about the perception of that team, everything going crazy wrong right now. Mm-hmm. JT can bring some calm, cool demeanor to get the to train back on track. Yeah, and it's funny because they were kind of getting killed in the media the past few weeks saying everyone's kind of criticizing them, saying, you know, they've got to play different if they want to be a playoff mm-hmm. winning team. Which, you know, I guess is, is true at the end of the day, but JT's the guy that brings that presence to the locker room. Now, the only caveat with him returning, DFS owners, you know, don't have the luxury of picking and choosing anymore. You've got to now say, hey, am I taking Jonathan Tavares? Am I taking Mitchell Marner? Am I taking right. Matthews? It's, it's a blessing, but it's also a problem. And it's amazing. During these struggles, you look at the team uh, that they're very aware of, the Boston Bruins just absolutely rolling these days. Uh, they got a little scared from the Penguins, like we said they might, but they finished the job, and that team has been lights out this season. Lights out, and they've got an exciting matchup tonight. For that, I'd like to bring in a special handpicked by myself birthday <laughs> guest for today's show. It's our friend Chris Wassel. Chris Wassel, DFS on Twitter, the host of Fantasy X. He also appears on DraftKings' The Sweat Show. Chris, how you feeling, man? Ah, it's a, it's a good day. It's probably the warmest day of the week here, kids. Uh, that's it. That's get really like hockey weather in the next few days. So yeah, get get gripped in and let's go. And I saw that you were talking to Rob about his birthday. We got to get together Did sometime you? soon to watch some pucks, man. It sounds sounds like a great plan. Uh, just 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 find an eatery that can that can accommodate me for like a nine pound Sicilian pizza. <laughs> sounds great. That sounds delicious. But so for this Tuesday slate, eleven game mammoth, and you're the mastermind. So we want to get your thoughts on a lot of these games. We see the Islanders are huge favorites at home, uh, second home, I guess, Barclays Center against the Senators, who just uh, whooped the Rangers on Monday night. What are your thoughts on that game? Is there any appeal to these uh, sneaky Senators? There, there is always appeal to the centers, um, especially one John Gabriel Pajot, who every time I roster this guy, he seems to do something. <laughs> I mean, look, look, is he the best first-line center in the world? He's far from it. Right. But for Ottawa and the fact that he is so vastly underpriced, especially on FanDuel, where he's still below 4000 which shocks me. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, not like he, it's not like he's only been a first-liner for a couple games. He's been pretty much on the top six the whole season mm-hmm. out of necessity. And still, he may, he may go down in the annals of DFS as being the Sean Monaghan mm. of this year, where he basically stays right around 3500 to 4500 all season long, and you get value every single night. 
So is that value tonight against one of the hottest goaltenders in the league, Thomas Grice? Is that still a must play, or does that make you maybe say, okay, I love J.G. Peugeot in season long, but for DFS, I'm looking elsewhere? It, it is tougher. I mean, you have, 11, you have a, 10 other games to look at. Um, but for his value in other ways, shots and block shots, you still have to at least roster him. I mean, for, for this one reason, too. He, did, he does occasionally hit the DraftKings block bonus of all things mm. and that's 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 unusual for a forward but he does tend to block a lot of shots for a forward and he does get two to three you know good scoring chances a game i'm gonna play him anyway for the simple reason is look i hate to say it islander fans but at some point your luck is going to run out in a big way so it may not be tonight but it will be eventually I was just going to say something along those lines because they have the highest shooting percentage plus save percentage in the entire league on the verge of a 10-game winning streak. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the wheels came off uh, (laughs) at some point uh, later this month of November. So uh, any interest in Barzell and, uh, you know, his line mates, Bailey and Lee? I know I have Barzell in my lineup for tonight, just off the basis of Ottawa coming off uh, back-to-back games. Yeah, I always, I always have, I always try to look and exploit the non, the non-rested or or sludge, sludge plays, if you will. Uh, <clears throat> Lee a little bit more tonight, actually, than Barzell. Just for look, Ottawa's penalty kill is not the greatest, and and though some of their numbers have improved a little bit, their their chances allowed are amongst amongst the worst in the league. Still, that's nev- that's never going to change. Um, if if it was Anders Nielsen in that, I'd be a I'm tempted to say Anderson is the projected as a press time, so um, I'm, I'm definitely more keen on picking Anders Lee tonight, actually, uh, just to get maybe one cheap garbage goal on the power play. Carolina plays Philadelphia tonight, Chris. Carter Hart is getting the nod for the Flyers. Is that a player that you're concerned about in season-long leagues? A little bit. I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I saw I saw the game against New Jersey where he, he got he got a bit lucky on a save that Probably was a goal, but you know we'll we'll, we'll let we'll let Toronto handle that one. And then the next few games, you saw you saw little quirks in his game where the lateral movement wasn't quite there, and you start you start going, hmm. Well, Philly is one of the most stingy teams at five on five in shots allowed per game and chances allowed per game, which is a huge turnaround from last year, and you can't even quantify it at this point small sample size but nonetheless impressive turn and Hart is not making the saves that he made last year it's a big problem it really it really is he has to get himself right first and Caroline is not exactly the team that you want to be going up against Mm -hmm. uh, when trying to do that and he's going to have Svechnikov lurking behind the net uh, trying to score some crazy goal he's been on some kind of tear he's got seven multi-point games through 13 for a teenager that's remarkable and then he's playing with Sebastian Ajo and Warren Fogle. Is there any interest in some uh, deep dive value play for Warren Fogle on the top line? A, a little bit, just because even though he doesn't get the necessary ice time that you would want for for a top line guy, even at a five on five, he gets an, he gets enough to where he can make an impact. So for his low price, you know, you're looking at you're looking at two things in DFS. You're looking at price per dollar, point and point per dollar. You know, in in that sense, or more point per dollar, and then point point per minute, and in the case of, you know, for technically Skletchnikov, that point per minute is, I mean, especially especially lately, um, 
Is it on the level of some of the top guys, the super top guys? No, but it's darn close. I mean, look, he's knocking on the door on the DK shot bonus the last four nights. You, 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 have, to, you have to consider actually both as a mini winger stack hmm. uh, at least somewhere in your lineups just, just, to, just to get a little money saved for the big guy. All right, I like that meta, Chris. Now, for Toronto Maple Leafs tonight, JT is back in the lineup after that broken hand injury. How can you figure out this team in DFS moving forward? Are you going JT or are you going Austin Matthews? I, I, I hate to do it because there's always that little one-game rust rule for me that often burns me more than it should. Um, but at least, at least for tonight, I would be willing to see what – Tavares does before I roster him anywhere. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't just jump the gun yet, and I would I would go with Matthews tonight, uh, just because of better matchup and better uh, line line combinations. Chris, so for Tavares' line mate, you know it's going to be Marner on one side. Who do you think it's mm-hmm. going to be on the other side once Zach Hyman comes back? Could it be Mikhaev? Could it be Kapanen like it was earlier in the season? Or is it going to be uh, good old reliable Zach Hyman? Uh, I, I think ultimately Babcock's going to go with Hyman. Is he the right? Is he the right guy? Yes and no. Um, he is for stability, but is he for offense? No. Um, I'm 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 still always intrigued to see what Mikhaev could do with a with a full top, full full bonafide top six role, and a um, solid amount of power play minutes. Boston is taking on Montreal tonight. I always watch those games when those two teams play. Boston starting Tuka Rask. Is there any home appeal in betting Montreal tonight? Oh, I hope I'm not going to have this one come back and bite me. But, yes, there most certainly (laughs) is. Um, Look, let's put this in an honest way. And this is fun to look at. There is one team team in the East right now that has 10, 10 wins on the puck line right now, other than Boston. It's Montreal of all teams. Hmm. So, wow. for 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 what it's worth, and for what you have to kind of throw out there, I've watched the numbers till all morning, guys. Uh, Boston was a dead fifty-fifty split when I woke up at, at about oh, a little five a.m. this morning. Wow. It's now sixty forty Boston in most places. So, you're you're now basically getting even to almost where Montreal is a light underdog in some places depending on your on your sites out there um it it, it it's an it, it's a, fin, a good old finagle situation i'm taking montreal tonight simply because there's only one difference between these two teams and it is the power play but for one night at least at home montreal has enough five on five to be able to take on a tired boston team and actually win there's a big discrepancy. You mentioned the power play of Boston, best in the league. Montreal's PK's fourth worst in the league. So that's a matchup mm-hmm. discrepancy. Of course, Boston is just absolutely rolling right now. Martian and Pasternak, both over, both at two or more points per game on the season. That is just absolutely insane. And uh, are you getting, if you're not, if you're playing DFS and you're uh, playing a bigger contest, are you still going with the high ownership uh, Pasternak or Marshan? You have to go. You have to go at one of them. I mean, I, I, I tried. I tried to almost sit there and restrain myself on Fanduel last night and, and not and not roster Pasternak. And uh, thir- thirty points later, I'm I'm glad I right. still still made the decision to, to do so. I mean, mm-hmm. look for per- perspective. Pasternak is ninety two hundred now on Fanduel. 
two years ago when Ovechkin had that crazy streak where he had like 30 goals in 20 games, Ovechkin was at 9,500. We're getting to that level where Pasternak is just a, a unheard of and incomprehensible prices that rival the imagination. And look, Marshall's not far behind, so um, you have to play them while you can. The Devils kick off their Western Canada road trip tonight, Chris. I know they looked pretty good against the Hurricanes over the weekend. Is that a team where you think they can get some momentum with a big win against the Winnipeg Jets? Oh, boy, guys. I I feel sorry for the people listening to what I have to say right now, but in a word, no. Here's the problem with New Jersey, and I'll get crucified for this amongst our, our illustrious New Jersey beat writers for this. It comes down to coaching. We have, unfortunately, a coaching staff that just doesn't seem to handle prosperity or adversity well these days and has tinkered with the lines again, frustrating us in a, in a, in a fantasy way more mm-hmm. than anything else. Um, Jack Hughes was doing so well, seven points in his last six games. Um, his, expected, his expected goal score was over 62% in this stretch. But naturally, you take them off the top line and switch them to the second line. <laughs> That's brutal. I mean, there is, there is a stack of number of guys over the last six games, and I know there was a tongue-in-cheek thing about the Devils having points in five of their last six games and how, how social media received that so well. But the problem with New Jersey is they can't win in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, I think the last goalie to beat Winnipeg in Winnipeg, it feels like it was Johan Hedberg. Wow. Um, but actually, Hedberg beat them in New Jersey in a shootout. But it's been a long while since they've played well there. I mean, this, this is the place where New Jersey played, and Corey Schneider actually threw a stick at Bryce Salvador, literally for, like, letting up two goals by him that would never have happened. I mean, there is a house of, a little bit of a house of horrors uh, with, with, the, with the new building. And the problem with New Jersey tonight is they're facing an equally hungry Winnipeg team that is just as all over the place defensively as they are. So at the very least, Expect a ton of shots and chances, and probably goals too. I think it could be an overtype night in that game, and especially Connor, uh, Kyle Connors back on the top line with Shifley and Wheeler. I really like him Finally. in DFS. Uh, and Sammy Votnin. I mean, we talked about him last show, but do you think this guy could uh, usurp P.K. Subban on the power play one and stay there? He, he should have already, arguably. I, here, here's, the, here's the difference, and, and I like P.K., but P.K. does not unleash the shot enough. Uh, that he has, uh, where Batten may not have as fast of a shot as P.K. Subban, but what Batten excels at particularly is the shot often stays low, which is important, and often leads to rebounds, which may be the most important on the power play, just because you have a lot of good guys like Palmieri and Hall, et cetera, that can clean up pucks. And, oh, and Simmons, too, when he's, when he's a little bit right. Mm-hmm. And... You need that on the power play more than a guy that winds up and takes a huge shot, but shoots hot, medium to high a lot. And unfortunately, that is what Subban does more than, say, a Vatnin. And ultimately, for power play success, you need a Vatnin over a Subban. Give us your DFS lineup locks for tonight. Ah, uh, fun, as, as always. All right. Look, for, for goalie, oh, God, don't, 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 don't look. Don't look, but... <laughs> It, 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 it's, it, it's John Gibson because I, I'm so angry that they did not play Gibson over the weekend and probably cost me at least three or four good good placements. Uh, two, 
centers because you need those two. Okay. The most important thing that you're going to need to know tonight amongst your centers is this. You still have to play one of the Boston guys, unfortunately. Uh, but I'm actually going with Mark Shifley tonight. Uh, I'm, going with, I'm going with Winnipeg 1 against what will be a god-awful defensive pairing from New Jersey from hell that they'll face. <laughs> and, and, and may there be many, many scoring chances. Uh, Wing, obviously. Look, it would, be, it would be cliche to go after guys like Pasternak, but you know what? It's been a, it's been a while. Patrick Kane needs some love, too. Mm-hmm. He's, he's finally playing with the, 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 as I like to call it, the bounce and purr duo of the Brinkat and Strom. At least enough of a correlation there. And for what it's worth, he did show up against Anaheim, which is a good sign uh, for tonight. And, of course, I can't forget the fence, guys. I, I, never, I never could. Dougie Hamilton against Philadelphia tonight. Mm-hmm. He's Look, a beast. He's a beast. He generates at least three shots, block shots a game, often in the neighborhood of three to three and a half shots a game, sometimes more. At the very least, your peripherals are filled. And that equal power play timeshare in Carolina is still working just enough that even if he's on the first unit, if he's on the second unit, it doesn't really matter. You have to play him anyway. Makes sense. And uh, in terms of uh, wagering info for our listeners, what is your lock of the night uh, for sports betting? Uh, look, again, another one that can o- always come back to haunt me, but take Winnipeg in the, in the minus goal and a half. You're still getting a plus 160 to 170 in most places. It's a nice number. It's not like some of the crooked ones that, that you see out there. And, and if you're really afraid of somehow the over-under not hitting at six and a half in that game. Mm-hmm. Go back a little bit in New Jersey, at least on BetMGM, and you can bet five and a half at minus 150. So wow. um, some, some sites are going to let, let you go up a goal and down a goal on your over-under. So do, do watch for that as, as you're betting tonight. Well, great insight as always, Chris, and uh, hopefully you, you avoid any Twitter frenzy with some of the hot takes that uh, you dropped today. Oh, absolutely, guys. Thank you very much. And Rob, of course, enjoy the birthday. And we, we, will, we, we will meet for food soon enough. I'm looking forward Thanks to it, Chris. Place and let's roll. Let's do it, man. Thanks again, Chris. You can follow him on Twitter. Great DFS follow. He's the maestro at Chris Wassel DFS on Twitter. So for this Tuesday slate, uh, I think there were a lot of good comments from Chris. I, I like the guts to say that Montreal pick against Boston. Mm-hmm. There might be some merit there. I love it. And those are my favorite games to watch. I mean, dating back to I mean, decades now. I mean, mm-hmm. it, those are the best games on the slate. So for that reason alone, I love that Chris came out and picked against the Bruins. Obviously, that didn't go so well for me on Monday. But let's hope Chris has better fortunes on Tuesday. You would have to believe the Bruins emptied the tank last night. Up 3 nothing. Penguins storm back. They mm-hmm. score a goal in the third period. Bruins end up winning. They got to go now to Montreal, back-to-back. You would think the tank is empty, and finally the Bruins are going to lose a game, but, geez, this train is just going and going and going. This is the night, I think, to get one of the relatively unknown, unheralded Montreal Canadiens into your lineup, whether it's a Petrie or a Thomas Tatar. They're pretty consistent. 
they're not going to be in many people's lineups just because of the general success of the Bruins. And those are the type of plays where if you stack Montreal or even just roster one of them, that could set you apart from the pack. Now, a matchup we didn't get to talk about with Chris was the Colorado Avalanche facing the Dallas Stars. Mm -hmm. Dallas is at home. They've been playing better. Now, the depth scoring still remains to be seen there for them. John Klingberg, where are you? But, Pete, is that a team now that you feel safer putting some money on? Yeah, I think uh, Dallas should win this game, especially when you consider two of the three top liners for Colorado are out. They beat them the other day. Uh, that was on the road. I like Dallas here tonight. Uh, Isner is going to be in the building, I, I know, so that's Ooh. pretty cool. Uh, I like Gurionov if you're looking for cheap exposure to this game. He had two goals and seven shots in the last game, and he's playing with Hints and Pavelski. And then I would say a rule of thumb for this game Dallas's offense is bound to click on the power play eventually, but even if it doesn't, I would get either Hints or Radulov in my lineup for tonight without question. I like that play. Now, for my DFS lineup, you know, the best way to win is stacking. We all know it. So I'm looking at the Chicago-San Jose game uh, with a little bit of intrigue because mm -hmm. Pat Kane, when he scores an overtime winning goal... I don't know if this is a stat or not, but mentally I believe that the Blackhawks just kind of go on these little hot runs after that happens. So I'd be looking to stack up a couple Hawks tonight, including Pat Kane. And Taves is playing with Kane now. He had three points in two games over the weekend. You can get the sense that maybe he, especially against a vulnerable team like the Sharks, the Sharks start a four-game homestand tonight, have nothing going for them. Luck isn't going for them. They have a great penalty kill, and they've been generating shots and a high volume, but... It hasn't mattered. They, they're snake-bitten right now. So look for Taves and Kane to pounce on this weaker opposition. And I could see that being a 5-4 to four final score type game. With that being said, DFS targets for myself tonight. My goalie, great minds think alike here. So I did have John Gibson in my lineup. Mm -hmm. That Anaheim game to me just seems one where I agree with Chris over the weekend. Can't believe that Gibson wasn't in net. But 6-6-0 six, six and oh on the season with a 936 save percentage. I mean, that's as good as anybody's numbers in the league. I'm surprised he doesn't have more wins. He'll return value for you in this game, even if he does lose a close one. And that's what I worry about with Gibson. I love the pick, but I mean, the guy's been amazing and he has he's 500 record. He's won mm -hmm. consecutive games now and that got him to 500. So what does that really say about his supporting cast? It's true. It doesn't say a whole lot. That's that's for sure. Um, speaking of other players, Taylor Hall is a guy that is in my lineup. Now, he's just been on a tear. I'm not ready to say, you know, that I love New Jersey, hammer them on the road. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, Chris has a much better scoop on them than I do. But I think Taylor Hall is a guy that even if they lose the game, he's going to return value in DFS. I like that over, like I mentioned with Chris. Uh, I think Hall has been great on the power play. Five straight games, I believe, with a, with a power play point. So you could tap into him with Sammy Votnin, who's on the first unit. I have Vatanen in my lineup. I have Kyle Connor in my lineup. He has just been uh, pounding out shouts on goal. I uh, had a big game the other day offensively and starting to pick up steam. He remained relevant when he was away from the top two dogs, and now he's back with him where he belongs. It's impressive that when that happens, when you're away from the good players and you still produce. Mm -hmm. Very good sign for DFS. Now, Alex Edler is my defenseman tonight. The reason why I made that pick is because his ice time, he played 29 minutes and 30 minutes each in his past two games. That is ridiculous exposure to Elias Pettersson, who's top 10 in scoring this year, Brock Besser, JT Miller, who has the highest Corsi in the NHL, a little advanced stats love. So nice. Alexander Edler, get him in your lineup. And if Quinn Hughes is 
playing or not playing, he'll probably still be a little banged up. So Edler's a nice choice there. I have actually Adam Boquist. I kind of, after we talked to Harding yesterday, I was mulling a decision. Uh, I'm in this one league where I've lost two weeks in a row and I need an upside ad. I dropped Devon Taves for the Islanders who we think might come mm-hmm. back down to earth eventually. And I went with the upside ad of Boquist. So uh, what do you think about that move? Well, I'll make you feel better about the pickup because the problem with Devin Taves is that he and Pulak and even Letty, when Letty's healthy, they all kind of trade the weeks where they're they're productive. And yeah. then the next and week, when you, don't, you don't see anything for your week-to-week matchup. So the, at least the upside with Boquist is, hey, this is a guy that has a lot of promise, a lot of talent. He can come in, capture the top power play, and keep that spot for the remainder of the season. Well, you instilled some confidence in me. I like that. So I'm rolling Bolquist in his third NHL game after he scored a goal in his second on three shots on goal. And then uh, the Coyotes, how about that? They pulled out that win in the uh, the big Pacific Division tilt on mm-hmm. the road in Edmonton uh, in overtime. Stepan's goal. They are in action again, second of a back-to-back at the Flames. Do you like Auntie Ranta at Calgary? Do you trust him in that spot? I've fully converted to a Darcy Kemper guy uh-huh. at this point, so I, w- I would fade the Coyotes in that game. Besides that, I watched tail end of that Edmonton game, the Edmonton-Arizona game, and hmm. that the Coyotes just were able to lock it down in that kind of playoff fashion where we're going to win this game at all costs. To me, that says they got so up for that on Monday night. It might be hard to duplicate that on Tuesday. So I would give the edge to Calgary in that game, but nothing against Arizona, a team I'm very high on. That was a playoff atmosphere for sure. And uh, they passed the test, the measuring stick, the whole bit. So now let's get to our DFS lineup or picks for tonight. I know you don't always give them all away (laughs) uh, in sneaky fashion, but I got uh, Rupe Hintz, Matt Barzell, Brad Marchand, 28 points in 14 games. Wow. Uh, Jeff Carter, high shot volume at Toronto, probably Mm -hmm. really low ownership. Kyle Connor, like I mentioned, Svechnikov, Boquist, Votnin, and then uh, I think Whoever starts in Vancouver, I kind of like Vancouver at home against the Blues. Interesting. Definitely a nice statement game for them, opportunity to keep it rolling. For me, I'm going John Gibson, Taylor Hall, Sebastian Ajo, Alexander Edler. Those are guys that I would build my lineup around just core. Now, in terms of stacking with those guys, again, I'm not committing to the Devils tonight, so I'm not sure if I would stack Taylor Hall with anybody. I like him as a standalone. Same thing being said for Sebastian Ajo. So this is a nice lineup. You plug those four players in, and you can pick your stack tonight i hinted at chicago being a team i like but you know you can make the decision for yourself i like it you have aho i have svechnikov uh either way a good opportunity for some scoring against the philadelphia flyers even though it's a road game in terms of lock of the night or against the grain play of the night or over under what are you feeling here i've got anaheim winning outright tonight against minnesota i love that pick that anaheim team is so sneaky great for gamblers because not everybody's all Mm -hmm. over that team and then toronto on the flip side that is the you know everyone's all over it but with jt back in the lineup minus one and a half get in on the maple leafs while you can I like the Stars at home to win outright. I like the over in the Winnipeg-New Jersey game. And then against the grain little play of the night, I think Chicago beats the Sharks and really puts the hot seat on Pete DeBoer. It's not pretty right now, and this is a make-or-break four-game homestand for the Sharks. Man, if the Sharks drop that game, which I can totally see happening, I mean, there is going to be serious fallout damage. With that core group of guys, you just think, how can they be losing like this? But holy moly, minus 11 seems to be like a constant thing in that team. I got three words for you guys. Sharks are 
shot. <laughs> Let's get that going. They're shot, and I believe Pete DeBoer will likely lose his job. As far as my locks of the night, I'm going to give you a little parlay. You can play it either way you want. Toronto's going to be a part of that parlay. You could either pair him with the Islanders, or you can pair him with a lesser favorite, the Calgary Flames at home. Mm-hmm. But I don't see Toronto losing this game against the Kings. So take them, parlay them with whatever other team you think is going to win. Now, the prop bet season should be starting here too. So for coaches, you know, first to go, I think we can all agree that Pete DeBoer is sadly probably at the top of the list. And I love Peter DeBoer. Great guy. Mm -hmm. Has had success in Jersey and San Jose. But this team is shot. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) a big reason why is the goaltending, let's be honest here. But they need to mix it up. And if they can't find a way to string together a couple wins, I hate to say it, Mm -hmm. they have no choice but to let Pete DeBoer go. Yeah. A sneaky name on that list. I mean, no one's been fired yet, but a sneaky name uh, to watch over the course of the season, I think, is John Cooper with how that team has struggled out of the gate. Kucherov's not producing. Mm-hmm. Hedman's injured right now. Hopefully he plays out in Sweden. But uh, that is, I mean, no, I know it's no longer a regular season, uh, you know, point of emphasis, but still I worry about that team and where it's going. And just for the record, we all hate talking about, you know, the coach's fate, mm-hmm. whether they'll be fired, let go, whatever. In my opinion, there is no way in the world that John Cooper is going to be let go during the regular season. I just I cannot see it. They gave I him a big contract fair. extension. I think the whole goal of this team is just getting the playoffs get and in, let's, yeah. let's turn it around. I, mm-hmm. I cannot imagine John Cooper getting fired during the course of the regular season. Yeah, just to reemphasize, I, I don't want to see a single person lose their job no matter what industry they're in. So just to reiterate that. But from a gambling perspective, you've got to talk about it. People love these prop bets. It's uh, catching on real real quick on Twitter. So Yeah, for sure. And we'll see. It's an opportunity here. I mean, if they sweep the four-game homestand and it's doable with some of the teams on the slate, you win that last game, you beat Edmonton, uh, all of a sudden you're looking at a completely different picture for the Sharks. I'll say this and then we'll go, but have we seen any sign of life from the Sharks? I have not throughout the course of the entire season. I have not seen one sign. And again, a big reason is the goaltending. You cannot win games with the goaltending that they're getting. But with that being said, I am not seeing enough pucks go into the net. I'm not seeing any signs of life. The coach is calling the team soft. Eric Mm -hmm. Carlson has done squad douche. I just haven't seen a sign to say, you know what, the Sharks are going to get this thing righted. Well, I'll say going back to goaltending, I mean, there's got to be a a game in the National Hockey League where your goalie bails the team out. And that Mm -hmm. simply will never happen with the two guys the Sharks have in net right now, unfortunately. So that, to me, is, is the core issue. But, you know, hey, for fantasy purposes, if you're picking Martin Jones up in season long leagues, what are you doing? I mean, the only guy that's shown anything to me this year is Evander Kane. He actually scored a big goal the other day. It would have been a big momentum shift against the Jets, but it got overturned uh, from something away from the puck. So uh, that's just a tough break. And they've had some games where they've had like 45, 50 shots and still lost. So that's a sign that something might be coming. Well, I'm hoping they turn it around because not seeing those group of guys in the playoffs would be a little bit sad. But if you didn't get to any of your questions today, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. I'm at NHL Reese, Pizza NHL Jensen, and Bob is at Air Checked. Whoop de whoop. <laughs> whoop whoop. Well, thanks again to Chris Wassel for hopping on the show. And reminder to check out the new podcast, uh, Puck Culture with Jackie Redman. Also, a new episode dropping 
today with Dan Rosen and at the rink. And just for the listeners out there, the head coach of the Florida Panthers, Joel Quenville, will be on NHL at the rink. It should be a pretty good nice. guest. Hope you tune in. And don't forget to rate and review, please. Yeah, we're racking up the reviews here, and that's a big get for Coach Q. I love it. So thanks again for listening to NHL Fantasy on Ice. For Bender, Reese, Wassel, Jensen, so long. Talk to you on Thursday. <laughs>